everyone. Welcome to the Fans Corner Football Podcast, Super Bowl edition. We've been covering the games for you all year and uh, all the storylines, and we've, we're up to the big game, so we're excited about it. Brian Bouye here along with Keith Van Vechten and uh, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota this Sunday. Uh, the big game, we've all been looking forward to it. Um, we're going to start out with a little recap of the uh, AFC and NFC Championship games. Uh, we had a great game in the AFC, Keith, and we had a, uh, an absolute blowout in the NFC, which I don't think anybody really saw coming one way or the other. So um, what stood out to you? Let's, let's look at the NFC game first. I mean, it was an absolute route. Philadelphia, um, you know, they're playing the, the underdog role at least in their heads the chip on their shoulder they're coming out believing that you know nobody's really supporting them and then they go out and just laid an absolute whooping on the Vikings yeah the most surprising thing to me is the adversity they overcame I mean for the Vikings to win like they did in the divisional game against the Saints and then to come out and go up seven nothing right there you're looking at it like hey this could be one of those games that the Vikings are gonna ride that momentum and that place got quiet real it quick. got quiet quick yeah. and the Eagles turned that around in a snap of a finger so the adversity quote-unquote that they faced on their home field being the underdog um, and it was much like the game against the Falcons I mean they had to fight and scrap in that game so for them to overcome that adversity and to uh, bounce back after that seven nothing uh, deficit and it was really impressive I mean Nick Foles looked like that 27 touchdown two interception guy he was a few years ago that deep defense was really really good I mean the offensive line has been great all year and they did it again and and they were able to run the ball so down seven nothing they didn't get nervous they stayed true to who they were and they really took it to the Vikings you know it really was the perfect storm of a game I mean you know like you said, offensively, you know, Foles did what he needed to do. I mean, he's a high completion percentage guy. Um, defensively, they got turnovers. They, they got fumbles. They got interception. You know, I mean, it just seemed like, boy, you know, the, the steamroller of the, of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles was very impressive. I just couldn't have imagined this game being that sort of a game. I, I mean, I, when I looked at this game, um, I thought it was a ter- terrific matchup, two very good defensive teams. You know, I figured one way or the other we were looking at a, a three-point game or a seven-point game. I, I was just shocked by not that Philadelphia won, but just the style. I could not believe that this is the way it went down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I remember looking down at my phone. I think we are midway through the first quarter or second quarter, and you texted me. This is not the way I saw it going. And I actually looked up at the score because I was doing some things. I didn't realize what was really going on with it. And kind of jumped out at me in terms of how it was going. So the Eagles looked... They looked like the best team in the NFC last week. You got to give it to them, and you know to ride that into the into the Super Bowl. We'll see how it goes for them, but they definitely did look impressive. Yeah, this team really hasn't missed a beat. I mean, uh, you know, everybody everybody freaked out, you know, when Carson Wentz goes down for the year, but um, you know, these guys they were the number one seed. They were the number one team all year. Um, you know, they've been excelling on both sides of the ball and on special teams. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been shocked that they were ready to deliver a performance like this. Big stage, they were ready to go. Um, um, you know, they, they put the chip on their shoulders for the motivation, and they look great. So Philadelphia's coming into the Super Bowl with all the momentum in the world, and, boy, that was just an unbelievable performance. Over in the AFC, uh, classic case of the uh, the Patriots being the Patriots, finding a way to win a game. Uh, Jacksonville played great, you know. I mean, I think we, you know, first of all, let's, let's give a lot of credit to the Jaguars. I don't think a lot of people gave them a shot going in. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles played a good game. Um, but I felt as the game went on, they, they – Jacksonville kind of trusted him less and less. They really, you know, kind of dumbed down the offense, got away from some of the things that were working well for them. I think that played into the Patriots' hands. Did you see it that way? Yeah, I did. And this game went exactly the way I thought it would. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I still thought the Patriots were going to win, but they won exactly how I thought they would. Uh, you're right. I mean, Brian, first or first half, they relied on Blake Bortles. He made some plays. He made some good throws. 
And then the second half, they got very conservative, and, and that's proven. When you do that against the Patriots, it does not work out well in your favor because of all the halftime adjustments they can make. That kneel down with, I think it was, what, 50 seconds left before the half yeah. told yeah. me everything that I need to know about that game. They're going into the locker room. The Jaguars were just happy having a lead in the way the first half went. They had 50 seconds left in two timeouts, and they had, what, about 40, 50 yards to go to have a shot. a lot of shot, momentum. You know? And they were just happy with yeah. how the first half went. So as soon as I saw that, I figured the Patriots were going to make some adjustments. And they wore them down, as I said. I mean, in my preview, I thought the Patriots were going to wear that team down. The Jaguars' pass rush was tired in the fourth quarter. You mentioned they didn't rely on Bortles much. They just got out-schemed the rest of the way. They really did. Yeah, it felt like a classic case of, you know, instead of playing to win, but playing not to lose. I mean, you hate to say that, but, you know, that's what I saw out there. I mean, I didn't think that, you know, they were aggressive enough in the second half. And, you know, the last few minutes, I mean, they get to the fourth quarter. Brady's within striking range. You just have a feeling that they're going to find a way to do it. Um, you know, they had a huge loss losing Gronkowski. But, you know, this is a team that's proven they can win without any of their guys. I mean, as long as they got number 12 back there, um, you know, and his confidence, the way he was rallying guys and getting them ready, you know, you just had the feeling that, you know, here we go again. New England's going to find a way to do this, and they absolutely did. So you got to give them a lot of credit. Um, eighth Super Bowl for the Patriots that they're appearing in here. Um Amazing. Tom Brady in his 16-year career, he's going to be eight Super Bowls. I, I mean, that's that's phenomenal. So uh, a lot of credit to the Patriots, and that's what let, leads up to this uh, uh, matchup that, uh, that we're looking forward to this weekend. So Patriots, Eagles, a um, couple of things we want to look at you know, here today is these teams have overcome things to get to this game. And uh, you know, some of them are surprising, some of them are not surprising. Let's talk about the New England Patriots here a little bit. This was a team that was 2-2. Two and two. Um, what have they overcome that has surprised you this year, and what have they overcome that you you kind of expected that they would? You know, Brian, when they were two and two, I wasn't really pushing the panic button on the fact that they were at five hundred. Their defense looked abysmal. I mean, they couldn't stop anybody. Rookie quarterbacks were lighting them up. I mean, people were having you know I say reemerging games because it was early in the year, but you know guys that proved to be mediocre at best the rest of the year were lighting them up in those you know in those first four to five weeks so to overcome that I was pleas- I was really surprised uh, no they had no pass rush they were trouble having trouble stopping the run and they couldn't stop anybody in the passing game but that leads me to the point that doesn't surprise me the coaching staff figured it out they masked it up now I underestimated even to the Patriots standards this coaching staff I just thought talent wise they did not have it in terms of being able to stop anybody on defense but you know time and time again Belichick and Brady proved that they can prove every naysayer wrong they can overcome pretty much anything you throw in front of them this was a bend but don't break defense they allowed teams in the red zone but they kept them out of the end zone they limited them to field goals and, and then Brady had himself an MVP type season so to overcome those you know, miscues and the lack of talent, if you will, on that defensive side of the ball was was really surprising for me. You know, I think we've seen it a lot, you know, probably four or five times in the last eight or ten years, we've seen the Patriots get off to somewhat of a slow start. And, you know, some of the whispers are out there, oh, the defense isn't good enough, or, you know, maybe Brady's not the player he used to be, or they don't have the weapons. Um, but but you said it, you know, I mean, they just find a way to they, – they take each step in front of them. It's a process for them. They want to be at this point at the end of the year where they're playing their best football. And I think you look at that defense, it's a perfect example. I mean, they don't have a lot of these 
big time star power players anymore. You know, there, there's there really isn't you know a, a, a Seymour on this defense or a Will Fork. You know, guys that are you know these huge names. It's just you know next man up. They find a way to get these guys in here. Um, and Matt Patricia, you said it. I mean, this is a guy who's who's done wonders with this defense. Uh, they were bottom of the league after after four games. I, I mean, every statistical uh, way you looked at this defense, yards allowed, uh, points per game. I mean, they were not thriving in any way. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. That's a quarter of a way through the season. I mean, it's not what like it was one game. We were seeing it. It was it was not looking good. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they, they they've uh, really overcome it. It shouldn't be a surprise because, like you said, the coaching staff has a history of doing this. So uh, you know, kudos for them to do that. And uh, you know, here they are. The defense looks good. Uh, they look very confident. They they get turnovers when they need them. Uh, like you said, it's been a bend but don't break. But they just find a way. Let's look at the same thing with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this is a team. Uh, you know. Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, they would they would be a contender this year, but maybe not to this level. What what surprised you about the Eagles, and, and what did not surprise you about with the things that they've overcome this year? I thought they would win the NFC East based on Carson Wentz, based on the line playing both sides of the ball. Um, the overall talent in that division was perhaps the best in the preseason with, you know, the Giants not meeting expectations, but everybody thought they'd be a contender. And then obviously the Cowboys having the season they had, I thought they were going to be good, but I didn't think they'd be this good. Carson Wentz took more steps forward than I thought he would. I thought he would always be good. I liked him coming out of college, but he really took that MVP caliber step forward this year. Uh, they got good line play, but they've had some injuries up front and they've had to bench some of their starters for underperforming. So they had a makeshift line and it was still ranked the best among pro football focus so for them to be in the Super Bowl it is rather surprising to me I thought they would like I said win the East I didn't think they'd get one of those uh, first round buys I, I thought the Packers obviously with Aaron Rodgers not knowing that he was going to get injured I thought they were going to be up there I thought the Seahawks in the preseason would be up there as well so the Eagles really uh, overachieved in my opinion in terms of what they were this year but the not surprising part of this this is going to come right around when Carson Wentz got hurt. So this is my takeaway from that point forward, right? I don't want to contradict myself here, but it's from that point forward. When they were established as one of the best teams in the league and Carson Wentz got hurt, I'm not surprised they made the Super Bowl. I mean, my opinion changed of him after 14 weeks or whatever it was when he got hurt. You know, I said if Nick Foles came in and they had home field advantage, they were they could make the Super Bowl. Now, would I pick that? I didn't. But it doesn't surprise me that they made it because this team at home with those fans, Nick Foles is a very capable backup, one that many teams would love to have. That line play has been good. The defense has been good all year. So they had enough pieces there in terms of being a good overall team. And, you know, being in the Super Bowl, it doesn't really surprise me. So I, I think those two right there, they kind of go against each other, but the timeline's a little off in terms of when they happen. Yeah, I mean, I looked at Philadelphia before the season, and you know, I I, I will never live down the fact that I thought the New York Giants were going to win this division. I, I mean, it was absolutely an abysmal uh, uh, an abysmal choice on my part that pr played out that way. But the Eagles, you know, I liked what they had, but I thought they were going to be about a year away. You know, um, you, you look at what Wentz did from his first year to this year. Um, and you're seeing more quarterbacks that are making those big leaps from first to second year. I just did not think his leap would be that much. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of people counted them out when he went down. Um, I wouldn't say I counted them out, but I, I kind of, you know, tempered the expectations a bit for them in the playoffs. I mean, you knew they were a good team. They secured home field advantage. I mean, you don't do that with just having a quarterback. There's a lot of teams in the league that have good quarterbacks, you know. Uh, but this is a solid team. But, you know, the thing about what they've overcome with Nick Foles um, – 
it surprises me because we didn't know what Nick Foles we were getting. I mean, this was a guy that obviously, you know, he had the highest touchdown interception ratio for one season in NFL history, uh, you know, during the whole Chip Kelly era when he threw the 27 TDs and only two picks. But since then, you know, this is a guy that got bounced out of Kansas City really quickly. It didn't work out for him there. Um, he was a backup with the Rams. They didn't see enough in him to keep him around. So he's back in Philadelphia, and it's proven that, you know, there's just something about that organization with him. He fits there. He fits in that city. Um, you know, the guys on the team really respond to him. And to a man, there wasn't a single guy on that team that panicked when he was taken over. I, I mean, you see other teams that lose their quarterback. You know, they're all going to say the same thing. We believe in the guy, blah, blah, blah. Their actions speak differently. You believed it with this team. You really did. There was no sense of, all right, man, we're going to fold up the tents here. No, these guys, you know, they see him in practice every day. They see how he fits the team. Um, and, and, you know, he had a couple of rocky moments here just getting back into it. But, you know, you don't get those reps that you need in practice. I mean, it, it took him a couple of weeks. But, you know, you look at what he's done in the playoffs, and, I mean, his accuracy has been there. It's, it's amazing. In the playoffs, he's completed 78% of his passes, hasn't thrown a pick. That's exactly what they needed from this guy. Just just go in there, fill that offense. You've got great running backs. You've got a great line. Play confident, and he's looked great. So, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not totally surprised based on what he's done at Philadelphia in the past, but you, you do have to look at it, you know, wow, what happened with him in Kansas City? What happened with him with the Rams? You know, neither of those teams wanted this guy, but here he is. He's back. He's a perfect fit for the Eagles. Let's take a look at some of the storylines here for the, uh, the Super Bowl. Obviously, uh, uh, probably the biggest thing we're going to be hearing about all week, and, and we've been hearing it ever since he uh, he got hit in the AFC Championship game and had to lose, is the Rob Gronkowski situation with New England. Uh, in the concussion protocol, we're going to have to see what goes on with him this week. I'm going to assume he plays. He's going to find a way. It's you know I got a feeling that New England's going to get him out there as long as he's healthy. I'm not saying they're going to force him in there, but sure. I'm thinking he's going to play. Obviously, they are a better team with him out there. I mean, this is a guy who's one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. Um, I think that's that's well established. But when you look at the situation, if he doesn't play or if he's limited, I don't think it's that big of a deal for the Patriots. And that's not to minimize him. That's just the way the Patriots are. They won the Super Bowl without him last year. Um, you know, everybody thought that that would be a crushing blow for them, but. The Patriots find a way to win games when guys like this miss, miss out. So how do you see this you know, playing out for them, whether he plays or whether he doesn't? The only thing that I see hindering this team if he plays, and this is not me reaching, this is not me trying to start a storyline, is what kind of shape is he going to be in if he's in practice? I mean, this is a two-week layoff. It's not like you, you got a concussion last week, you miss half a practice, and then you're playing a week later. You only had like four or five days there where you were sitting out and not doing your thing. But this is a full 14 days. He's been here before. The Patriots have been here before. I don't see this being an issue, but late in the fourth quarter, game-winning drive, if Brady's best target is fatigued and tired from not practicing and prepping the way he usually does it, that that's the only situation. Could play into it a little bit. That's the only situation I see playing out where it would be a negative impact on the team. And if he doesn't play at all, you said it. They won the Super Bowl without him last year. So this team adjusts better than anybody in, in football. I mean, by a mile, no one's even really that close. So I don't think it's a big deal. I think that he will play, as you mentioned. I think he's going to have a big impact on the game. And as you mentioned, Brian, this guy is arguably the third or fifth best player in the entire league. So his presence certainly can be felt, but uh, they'll get over it if he's not out there. Yeah, I mean, his impact. I mean, if he's out there, he you know, Philadelphia, it changes the game plan. You, you have to account for him on every play. Um, this is a guy who's a game wrecker. I mean, you know, just, just look at what he's done throughout, throughout his career. Um, 
I just think that looking at the past history of New England is is that their their mo is that they find ways to win games no matter who's out there, no matter who isn't out there. Uh, but obviously, New England's chances are are better with Gronkowski out on the field. So let's go back to Nick Foles a little bit here. Um, does he have to be an elite guy in this game, or can they win if he's just okay? They could win if he keeps putting up the numbers that he's been putting up in the playoffs. 78% completion percentage, not turning the ball over a lot. He has to be able to get his team out of unfavorable situations and get them in, get them in favorable running downs. They're third in running the football with Ajayi, with Blunt, and uh, Clement. So they obviously can move the chains on the ground and, and have low-risk type plays. So if he can keep them in those situations based on a big throw here and a big throw there, getting them uh, out of a play with an audible at the line of scrimmage. So if he can manage the game, the dreaded game manager uh, quarterback, if he can just be that and put up the same numbers relative to what he's been doing in, in the postseason – they have a shot because that defense can keep them in games. We'll get into in terms of how they match up a little bit later on in the show here, but I think he has enough pieces around him as they proved all year. I mean, they made the Super Bowl with him having abysmal games. I mean, he had some quarterback ratings that didn't even hit double digits, I think, was against the Giants or the or the Cowboys. I don't remember the exact game. So he obviously can't throw a stinker up like that, but if he can be postseason Nick Foles and if this moment doesn't get too big for him, they certainly have a shot regardless if he puts up big numbers or not. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple of games, you know, late in the regular season where you looked at, um, you know, but I chalked it up more to – you know him just trying to get back into the swing of things. I mean, they, you know, he looked ugly against the Raiders. He looked ugly against the Giants. You know, but you know, later in the season when he, you know, when they got ready for the playoffs, they turned a corner with him. He was getting the reps. He was there. They knew he was going to be the everyday guy. Um, you know, it's just a familiarity with him. So I, I just thought that you know those last couple of games where he struggled in the regular season, I, I just didn't take too much into it just because of the timing and everything. Uh, it, it's all about repetition and just getting that opportunity to work with the guys here. So. We've seen him playing well in the playoffs. I expect that trend to continue. Um, obviously, I think you know Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick are going to dial up some uh, interesting looks for him to deal with. I mean, they always do. They always come up with something that he hasn't seen before. Uh, you know, a first time a team that's not familiar with New England going against them, they're going to have something different to see. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that, how he picks up things like you said, audibling at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, what the the Eagles offense is going to script for him, you know, to see if, you know, how he reacts to what they're going to do. So it's, it's going to be a game of adjustments with this, uh, with this matchup. It always is. So uh, it'll be fun to see how he handles everything. Let's look at, uh, you know, some of the matchups in this game. I mean, obviously, you know, during Super Bowl week, you hear about, you know, how does this quarterback compare to that one or who has the advantage with the running backs? Those matchups don't really matter, in my opinion. I want to see how the, the teams on the field matter. How does New England's offense battle against Philly's defense, vice versa? How do they match up on special teams? Um, so let's take a little bit of a look at that. When New England has the football going against Philly's defense, how do you see this breaking down? Where do you see the advantages? Where do you see the disadvantages for both these teams? First and foremost, Tom Brady obviously is the game wrecker, the game manager, the greatest of all time, whatever narrative you want to throw out there, he is that. So as long as number 12 is behind center, he will be able to pick apart any weaknesses, any mismatches, any lineup issues that the Eagles have in the uh, in the defense. I think the Patriots honestly could struggle to run the ball. I mean, teams have struggled all year against the Eagles, but matchup-wise, offense for the Patriots and defense against the Eagles – Defensive teams that stop the run don't necessarily beat the Patriots. It's those that can get after the quarterback and stop the pass. 
granted, the Eagles can rush the quarterback. They have a good defensive line, but their secondary has shown holes all year. So assuming Gronkowski's up there are out there, you have Brandon Cooks, you have Amendola, uh, you have Chris Hogan back, and then obviously you have Deion Lewis and James White in the backfield catching passes. I think Brady will find mismatches. I think he will be able to adjust plays. I think he'll be able to adjust on the fly. I mean, this guy is in his eighth Super Bowl, so he's been here before. The spotlight's not going to be too big. This is not a defense that is the most complex or overwhelming that he's going to face in his career. I think he just had that in Jacksonville, if not the best one of them, certainly. So offensively, I give the advantage to the Patriots. The Eagles defense under Jim Schwartz has been great all year. Like I said, stopping the run. Their secondary has been good. Not great, but it's been good. Good linebacking core and certainly good up front, but I just think Tom Brady in that offense with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick will certainly be able to pick that part a little bit. Yeah, well, I think you hit it on the on the head when you talked about you know the diversity of the weapons they have. You know, Gronkowski, Cooks, Amendola, the running backs that catch passes. I don't think New England's going to run the ball a lot in this game. I I think Brady's going to throw the ball probably 40 times at least. Um, you know, I just think the way that they match up that they're going to want to exploit all of that. You know those diverse weapons that they have. I mean, um, I, I think you could have a big game for a Deion Lewis for for you know White out of the backfield. I think they're going to be key players, but catching the ball more so than running it. Um, you know, I think with Philadelphia, you look at what they've done in the playoffs, and and they just they make the big plays when they need to. They always seem that they're they're getting that strip sack or they're getting that interception or you know the the fumble recovery at the right time. They're just an opportunistic team, like you said. Jim Schwartz has done a great job with that defense. Um, they don't have the, those couple of big pass rushers that are going to get in the backfield all the time they have solid pass rushers they have guys that'll get some sacks here and there um, but they don't have you know that one guy that you fear on that defense that you have to account for the whole time so I think the key for them is going to be you know what kind of looks can they give Brady to confuse that offensive line to get into that backfield Brady you know it's it's pretty obvious you know if you're going to make him struggle it's going to be because you're going to be in his face you're going to have guys pressuring him you're going to have guys hitting him knocking him down philly's going to have to dial up some blitzes they're going to have to you know give him some looks that are going to you know I, i'm not going to say confuse him because you're not going to confuse tom brady with the looks but something that's going to make him you know, move a little bit make him move a little bit alter his timing a little bit you know just something to take him out of a comfort zone because if he gets in that rhythm where he's in a drive where he's taking that three or five step drop and he's just picking you apart all day. I mean, you know, it's lights out. We, we've seen it for 15 years. Um, th this is a guy that if he gets in a groove, he's a surgeon and there's really not a lot you can do about it. So Philadelphia's going to have to dial some stuff up. I think they're going to have to take a few chances. I think they're going to have to send some safeties and, you know, just go after him. If they can get in that backfield and rattle him a little bit, it's going to make all the difference in the world. So we'll see. It's, it's an it's an intri intriguing matchup. Um, and I think this is one of those things where the coaches are going to be important in sure. this. You know, as much as we'd like the talent on the field and, you know, everything they do, it's going to come down to who's executing the game plan the best here. When Philly's got the ball uh, against the New England defense, I mean, we've talked about this. Uh, uh, you know, Nick Foles has a lot of confidence. The guys have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, they, they've brought in a lot of weapons since the start of the, the season. The running game has completely changed from what it was a year ago. Uh, they've got new new receivers, and these guys all had really good seasons. New England, they got better as the year went on. I mean, we talked about you know how atrocious the defense was early in the year, but you look at them since week four, I mean, th this defense has been as good as anybody in the league. So where do you see, you know, this matchup going? It's all going to start up front for the Eagles. The Eagles, according to Pro Football Focus, were ranked as the best offensive line in the league. I mentioned that earlier in, the, in this show. They're going to have to make the Patriots 
be like the Patriots from 10, 12 weeks ago when they were not getting much pass rush. They weren't stopping the run that well. It's all really going to start up front with the front five with the Eagles. I think if the Eagles run the ball successfully, they have to run for a minimum of 150 yards this game to win. That's an aggressive number, but I think it's it's true because for them to run for 150 yards, that means that Nick Foles will be that game manager. He'll have to just be playoff type Nick Foles that he's been this year. They're not going to have to have him do too much with that, uh, with that rushing total. Defensively for the Patriots, I'm not going to sleep on their secondary. I know they've had issues all year, but Malcolm Butler a couple of years ago made arguably the biggest defensive play in Super Bowl history, intercepting Russell Wilson on the one yard line. So he's a guy that's been there before. Stephon Gilmore, although you know he he hasn't been to the playoffs with the Bills or anything, this is really his first go around with it. But he's a player. Patrick Chung is good. I think in the secondary, I'm not going to sleep on them. That's the most intriguing matchup to me. So you're going to have those three. You have Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz had a very good year. You had Alshon Jeffrey. So I think matchup-wise, the secondary is the most intriguing. I think the Eagles will have some success running the ball. And when I say that, they could still run for 100 to 125 yards, but I don't think that's going to be enough. But like I said, it's going to start up front for the Eagles. And the Patriots' defense, they're going to really miss Devontae Hightower the most in this game, in my honest opinion. They were uh, third worst, I think the stat was, in terms of covering the running back out of the backfield in the pass game. So if Nick Foles is struggling... The best thing you can do for a struggling quarterback is have check down options to your running backs and tight ends. So if they struggle to stop the running backs in the passing game, that is going to be favorable for the Eagles and Nick Foles to get some high, uh, high percentage throws. So I just think it matches up pretty well for the Eagles um, offense over the Patriots defense. But there's some matchups there, as I mentioned, in the secondary and the wide receivers that I'm really going to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think you look at that running game for Philadelphia and you look at Ajaye and you look at Blunt, they're both guys that you know they're they're power backs and if the more carries you get them in a game they're going to be better they're they're not the type of guys that you know they're going to beat you with that 50 60 yard run too often they're going to be cumulative effects of how they you know run the ball i mean if it's the fourth quarter and it's a close game and those backs have done well throughout the game they're going to be pounding them and it could be interesting to see if new england can hold up against those guys in the fourth quarter i mean Garrett blunt you know he scored 18 touchdowns last year he was a good addition for philadelphia this year they get a during the season um and he you know brought up some life to those running back corps they just they could wear new england down i could see that happening behind that offensive line you talked about um not not only you know the pro football focus ranking uh they do it both ways. They they pass block well. They run block well. They're not you know an offensive line that has a specialty that you look at and say, well, they can do one thing great but not the other. They're good in every phase of the game. And I I think if you know obviously you talk about Foles and you know you want to keep Tom Brady off the field as much as possible. So if you can control the clock with those running backs um, and, and you know just kind of pound on New England's defense and wear them down. They're not the most physical defense in the league, you know, and th- this is where Philadelphia, the game plan could be really interesting. You talk about, you know, getting 150 yards from that backfield. I think that's a realistic goal. I think that's something they should shoot for because if they've done that, they've kept Brady off the field and they've worn New England down into the fourth quarter. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously, uh, you know, New England's going to want Foles throwing the ball. And they're going to want to put some pressure on him. So um, it's a matter of who gets to impose their will and impose the game plan that they want. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that breaks down. Let's talk about special teams just for a minute here. Anything you see in the kicking game here or return guys that you think could stand out in this one? Uh, not necessarily that uh, maybe Nelson Aguilar returning punts could certainly have an impact back there, but 
I'm going to go with the guys that have been there before in the New England Patriots. I mean, uh, Gretkowski is one of the best kickers in all of football. He's kicked in plenty of Super Bowls. Think about a game coming down the blood, sweat, tears, four quarters, hard hitting. You're in the Super Bowl and it comes down to one kick. Arguably, that is the most pressure of any professional sport that you can face. I'm going to go with the guys that have been there in New England. I mean, in terms of in terms of Philadelphia, I think if they make a big special teams play, return a punt, you return a touch or return a punt or a kickoff, I think that rushing total goes from 150 to 125. I, I think that will certainly help in terms of what they have to do to win. But special teams wise, I'm going with the guys that have been there, New England Patriots. They just find the little nuances and, and different ways to win games. And just when you think the narrative is set, they go out and they'll probably pull something out of their hat, do something out of the ordinary against the uh, norm of the game. So I'm going to go with New England special teams. I think they can make a couple of big plays here and, and certainly put themselves in a position to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, and you, you think about the kicking game for New England and uh, you know Gregkowski, I mean, Early in the year, there were some people kind of wondering about him a little bit, but it seemed like with everything else with New England, it just it kind of all fell into place. And you know, I, I don't think special teams are going to play a huge role in this game. I mean, I, I think you know we, the matchups we talked about, you know, are going to be the ones that define it and who kind of controls the game with the tempo and the style of play that they want. But it, it could be interesting, like you said, you know, if it comes down to a kick late in the game, um, you know, New England's got veteran guys, you know, who've done this for years. Uh, they, I think, they have a slight advantage in this area. Um, like you said, though, Aguilar, if somebody. You know, if, if he can bust one or set them up for a good field position on something, obviously it could kind of give them a little momentum, change the tide a little bit, something like that. So it's always something to watch for, um, but I just don't think it's going to have that huge of an impact on this game. Before we get into uh, b- before we get into our predictions for the game here, um, you know our, our friend Jack is usually with us, giving us some fun stats each week. Uh, Jack couldn't make it this week, but I, I got a pretty good one for you here, relating to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they blew out Minnesota 38-7 to in the NFC Championship game. And I think this is a testament to how the uh, the front office did things the offseason. Not a single point was generated by a player that was on the roster last year. All 38 points of New England, of, of Philadelphia here, came from guys who were not on the roster last year. So you had Nick Foles, who threw for three touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey, a pickup in the offseason, caught two of those. Torrey Smith caught the other. And LeGarrette Blunt ran a touchdown. You've got Patrick Robinson, who returned an interception for a score. And then the kicker, Jake Elliott, had a field goal and had all the extra points. Um, now, even further, if you look on the defensive side of the ball here, just talk about the this talks about the offseason and the additions that they've had. Chris Long had the hit on Case Keenum that led to Robinson's pick six. And uh, Rick, rookie Derek Barnett, who they got in the draft, he had the strip sack, which, of course, was recovered by Chris Long. That proved to be just a huge moment in the game. So... A lot of credit to uh, what Philadelphia's done to kind of reinvent this team and you know take that next step. Sure. I, I got two here, Brian. I actually found these as we were going. Tom Brady, now obviously he's playing in his eighth Super Bowl. Everybody knows he's greatest of all time. He's played in more Super Bowls by himself than I think every team. I think he might be tied with a couple. But if you were to break down the amount of Super Bowls he's played in, he's played in 15% of the Super Bowls that have ever been played oh, in the history of the yeah. NFL. And Tom Brady, while we're on that note, he is the last backup quarterback to lead his team to a Super Bowl championship in 2001 when he took over for Drew Bledsoe. There's only been six others aside from them that have done it. Obviously, Nick Foles is trying to make it eight. But in 2001, Tom Brady was the last quarterback, uh, backup quarterback excuse me, to lead his team to a uh, Super Bowl championship. So I thought those two uh, statistics were fitting for this game. Yeah, and I got one more for you, and I and I saw this earlier, and I, and I forgot to put it in there, but 
in the Tom Brady era for the Patriots, the seven Super Bowls, they've won five, they lost two to the Giants, everybody knows about. All seven of those games, they have not scored a single point in the first quarter of any of those games. So don't freak out, New England fans, if you're out there and you haven't done anything in the first quarter. They're probably going to find a way to get their points on the board. But I, I thought that was interesting, just you know that they don't panic over slow starts. But you know, I, I think in this one, obviously, they're going to want to come out. Uh, well, I, twenty-eight to three last year. I'm not too. I'm not too sure they're concerned about anything in terms of any game and how it goes. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting. Not not a single point in any of the first quarters of the seven Super Bowls during the Brady era. All right, so we've come down to this, Keith. Uh, you know, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got and why? Uh, New England Patriots. For all the reasons I mentioned, I don't like the matchup for the Eagles in this game. Strong run defenses are not the key to stopping the Patriots. You need strong pass rush, which the Eagles do have, but I don't think it's going to be strong enough. You need solid secondary play. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars were the team to do it, and they almost did it. and they, they certainly did. I just think the way the Eagles play and the way the Jaguars play are two totally different teams. Obviously, the Eagles are more effective in terms of what they can do, but the Jaguars have that smash-mouth presence to beat the Patriots. I like the Patriots 35-17 here. I, I don't think it's going to— 35 gonna, points against I, the Philly D? I Ooh. really think so. I, I just think of all the tumultuous times, you know, quote-unquote, that the Patriots went through this year— that story coming out from Seth Wickersham, all the issues in terms of you know the early struggles, some of the injuries they'd overcome. I just think to put a cherry on top of this season with all that going on, the Patriots are focused this week. I don't think they're going to have any issues coming out and, and being rattled. The, the stage is never too bright for them. Brady's going to add another Super Bowl ring to his uh, collection. So 35-17. I think this game stays close for a little bit, but uh, I, I think the Patriots just end up running away with this one. Wow. Well, you know, I think what we're looking at in New England here is, you know, I think they're going to have a razor sharp focus for this game. It, you know, it looks like it's going to be kind of the end of the era with the coordinators here. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia's in all likely, you know, he is off to Detroit. You know, I mean, he's, he's taking the Lions job uh, and, and it looks like Josh McDaniels is going to go to the Colts. So there's going to be a big retooling of this team in the offseason. Um you know, but I, I mean, that, this is when the Patriots are at their best, when their backs are against the wall, uh, you know, when there's controversy about what their future is going to look like, you know, when they have injured guys. I give Philadelphia a huge shot to win this game, though, for all the reasons we talked about. I think offensively, they can kind of run the ball on New England. I think they've got the sort of backs that are very successful in games like this. Um, I think this game is going to be decided in the final four or five minutes of the game. I'm not going against Tom Brady, though. I think this is going to be 24-21 New England. Um, Reminiscence of Super Bowl 39. Yeah, I think it's just. Gonna, I think it's going to be a classic game. I think Philadelphia is going to count themselves very well. I would not be shocked in the least if Philadelphia won, but New England finds a way to win these games. So um, I think they're going to do it once again. I think Brady's going to get number six. He's going to have to start uh, making some room for some rings on the other hand here. Um, you know, and, and I'm never going to put anything past him. I'm not going to say this is his last one. Um, you know, the guy is amazing. And, you know, I know there's a lot of haters out there for this guy, but how can you not love the success this guy's had? He's gone out. He's earned it. Um, I, I think New England is going to find a way here. Brady gets number six, the Patriots, 24-21. We'll see what happens. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I, I like the Patriots in a blowout, though, Brian. So I, I we're the same in terms of who's going to win. I just think it's going to be a little bit more one-sided than, uh, than you think. 
Well, it's been a lot of fun this season. We're, we're going to do another show uh, after the Super Bowl to kind of recap the big game and uh, get you primed up for the offseason, the draft, free agency, everything like that. So, Keith, tell everybody where you can find us on uh, for the show and uh, some things to look forward to. Sure. One Search, Fans Corner, Football Podcast, three platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on SoundCloud, and we're on Apple iTunes Podcasts. All right. Thanks a lot for uh, Keith Van Vecht and I'm Brian Bouye, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you after the Super Bowl and see if our predictions have uh, come to fruition. Thanks, everyone.